It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting information about sex to listen to, but what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six-month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wish you knew, and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now, and there will be links there for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. I'm so incredibly excited to have with me today. I have Monique Ruffin. She is a astrologer. She's a woman's empowerment coach, and she's here to share with us so, so much deep wisdom. And I'm really excited to have you. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Sarah. I love your name, Sarah Rose. Beautiful. Oh, thank you. Rose is my grandmother's name. It's very special to me. <laughs> what a gift. Yeah, I understand. Yes. And look at you. I mean, goodness. you are a goddess in your <laughs> crown and the light behind you. Ah, thank you. I had this crown was, um, I have a, a friend of mine who does astrology and he makes these incredible crowns and I just saw him wearing one. I said, can I, I want one of those. And he has crystals and it really helps. I'm doing some sugar detoxing right now. I'm doing some really strenuous inner work to like purify my body. Mm. And so my energy wants to be frustrated because I'm not giving myself the things that I normally give myself to soothe <laughs> like sugar <laughs> and you know and it shows up everywhere like kombucha and things like that and I'm so I'm this helps me just settle and be with it and allow it to move through me because I know I'm grounded the copper helps the transmissions and so my anxiety is able to it just flows out in a different way and so I hope it looks royal because it's actually working <laughs> for something that's really um almost medical you know in some way yeah, well, you look royal 
regardless, no matter what you have on, you have that air of royalty. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I think, I think I'm just so excited that we can learn to heal ourselves in different ways. We can, we can do, there are other ways that we can learn to heal ourselves. And so as I'm moving through this transformation of shedding old patterns and beliefs, and it's uncomfortable that I have crystals to help me and oils to help me and, you know, herbs and all that. And that's, and those things really work. Um, and it helps for me, it helps me take me out of the Western mindset so that I really learn to rely more on the cycles and the earth and the energy and who we really are, which is, you know, connected to everything. And so this makes me feel good. I'm, I feel like I'm using the energy well this way. And that is what is most important, right? Because there's so many different rituals, so many different um, ways of going about things that we can pick from, you know, so many different modalities mm -hmm. and paths yes. to choose from. And really at the end of the day, it's like, what makes me feel good? Like mm -hmm. here I am on earth for this limited time. How am I going to feel good while I'm here? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I agree, Sarah. I agree. So. Yeah. So I know there are a lot of people who are really excited mm. to hear about you speak, speak about astrology. And mm. um, I'm curious, what do you have for us specifically during these times that we're in right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, what a question, because we are in times that we have never experienced as human beings in thousands of years. We are in... And let me just say to everyone, I'm so emotional today. The moon is in cancer. So if I talk and start to cry, it's okay. I just want to say that, like, don't it, don't be startled by it. I just am moving a lot of energy right now. But the moon is in cancer today. And we are just astrologically with, um, as we are really in the dawning of the age of Aquarius now. And the dawning means just like the dawning of morning, right? It's like, you know, the dawn might start at four o'clock in the morning, but then the sun doesn't really come out until 6.30 or so. So we are really two, about 200 years away from the age of Aquarius, but it takes 24,000 years for us to get here. Wow, okay. <laughs> and what does that even mean? What is, the, what is Aquarius? What is the age of Aquarius? So the age of Aquarius is, Aquarius is the energy of being really true to your unique blueprint and, and honoring the things about you that are just yours. So we, we're coming out of the age of Pisces and the age of Pisces was this collective experience. We're all in this, we're all the same. We all, you know, believe in this way. Like, so you had Christianity and these major religions that sort of usurped humans, um, spiritual practices. And, and, and let me just say that none of it is bad. I might talk about it because I have an edge with it because it's been uncomfortable, but it's all just a part of cycles. So I just want to preface by saying that. But the age of Pisces and the patriarchy and sort of the male dominance, um, that is shifting. And we're now moving into a, a time for the next 24,000 years because we it's called like the great day and the great day lasts 24,000 years and for the next great day we're all our energy is moving towards being self-governing hmm. um so you see our governments are coming 
undone. They're fighting for their power. Um, and we are all waking up all over the world. People are waking up to unique gifts and people are starting to realize that who they have been is not really true to who they are. Um, we see what has happened in our country with the Me Too movement. You know, we see now what's going on with um, with the race conversations that are going on in the country. Um, we see all of these huge things that we've been participating in unconsciously that we didn't know or we didn't think about it or it seemed normal. All of that stuff is going away because the age of Aquarius means we have to live into our own individual way of being. So these sort of collective ways, like something like, um, you know, like when I was young growing up as a Christian, Christianity and it was against homosexuality, those kinds of ways of being are going away. It's, mm -hmm. you know, this whole group think no more. <laughs> no more. It will take time. It will take, like I said, we're, we have about 200 more years. It will take time, but you see what's happening already. It's starting to come undone. Um, and it comes undone because people change. Like, you know, for instance, we don't hear much about this in our country, but over the last, you know, decade, thousands of gay couples have adopted children and they are raising children and families that are blended. And, you know, 50 years ago, that wasn't heard of. Yeah, it really was. Right. So this is how mindsets change and age is because we become different. Mm -hmm. You know, now all of a sudden we're honoring the, um, we're honoring gay people. And when I say honoring, I mean, giving space for people to be themselves, you know? So that's happening all over in, in so many unique ways. And, and that will change our culture. Mm -hmm. It takes time, but you'll, the evidence will show up and that will change our culture. It definitely is. What do you think though of the movement um, that seems to be almost coinciding with this. It's like, we've got this new acceptance. We've got this new, like you said, allowance of people to be who they are. And yet there seems to be um, kind of still that patriarchal um, tendency going along with it, which is now like the the groups maybe that are like the, the ones that newly have acceptance saying, like now being judgmental of the ones from the past, right? So like if there's, um, you know, the more acceptance in the, um, like say a polyamorous community, and then mm -hmm. maybe there's like judgment against monogamy that starts mm -hmm. to surface where instead of just really allowing for, for all of it to, to yeah. be beautiful and to have its place. Well, I I hear you there, and I and I think it's sort of a nat a natural part of the progression because it's there's there's this breaking free that has to happen, and you know the thing that I love about astrology is that it really explains the birthing process so effortlessly. But when something is new, it has to take on a warrior essence mm. in order to live. Like you know, I don't know if you have children, but when a baby is developing itself in your womb, it is the most not in your womb, but in a woman's womb. <laughs> I don't want to speak anything into your reality that you don't want. <laughs> and, unless you do. If you want it, then I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when a baby is, 
that that time, that early developmental time of a fetus or even a baby is the most crucial time. It's the most under threat. So it has to fight for its life. It has to defend itself. It has to, oh my God, I'm right. I deserve. It's like a, it's like a deservedness that's like, and then everything else is wrong, right? And then when that baby comes home, everyone submits to that baby. If that baby's up at two o'clock in the morning, everybody else is up at two o'clock in the morning. When that baby poop, everyone else is. So that's sort of how these movements come. Like they're babies and then everyone has to make space. And so at, when it's when it's novice and young, it doesn't have the foresight to see like a baby. Oh, my mother needs to eat too right now. She's tired. She's mm -hmm. She deserves attention. No, it's like, I'm tired. I'm, so it's that kind of energy. It's just a young energy. And, you know, in due time, those, those organizations will become mainstream and, and they will move into chop wood and carry water like we always do eventually. You know, one of the things I love, I've loved about watching the gay um, marriage movement is having been married myself. It's like marriage is challenging. Like, oh, you want the right to do this? Okay. <laughs> and I get it. You know what I mean? But it's 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 like when you 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 fight for this whatever it is, you get it, and then you get in and you realize, okay, it, there's it's just more life. It's just an evolution, and then there's going to be something else to fight for because we continue to move on to the next thing. That because everything 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 gets old. Uh, everything evolves. Everything is just constant. It never stops. That was really such a beautiful explanation. And thank you for that, because that's something that I struggle with as somebody who uh, honors what is and also believes in what is to come and like mm -hmm. seeing how there's just so much conflict that comes from it all. I've really, really struggled with it and I've never looked at it from that perspective. So thank you for that wisdom. You're welcome. You're welcome. Astrology. It helps me see how uh, things are. Yeah. How do you, you mentioned the moon. How do you, um, do you try and live according to the moon cycles? Do you, how do you incorporate that into your life? Yes. I live my life every day by the moon cycles. And um, I, the moon, the moon is the most beautiful celestial body that we have because the moon governs the water on the planet. And we would be nothing without the water. The water is what brings life. And the moon is the, um, you know, it's like the, it's the guider of the water is what I would say. And the water on our planet has, is the water we, that every human being on the planet has drank. So there is no new water. If you just think about that for a second. Yeah. There's no new water and water holds memory. It's alive. It's more conscious than you. It's more intelligent than you and me and all of us. And we drink it and it nurtures our bodies. And all of that is a part of the moon's relationship. And as women, the moon regulates our reproductive system. And so when we follow it, because it holds memory and because it um it governs our cycles and our emotions she the moon is inside of us and so 
Um, the thing that they joke about with women, like, you know, oh, she's on her period. She's not trustworthy or whatever. You know, her emotions are up and down. Well, a lot of that is true, but that's power. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually good. <laughs> it's trustworthy because we're cleaning things out, right? It's like, that's what water comes and does. And when we have our, our um, moon time, we're releasing, right? We're, we're letting it go and giving it back. And so I use that energy to, to evolve. So I am not holding on to things because it, it, it the moon is the fastest moving celestial body in our, in our solar system. Mm -hmm. So I don't get to, I don't, I don't hold on to things for long because something else is coming in the next minute, <laughs> you know? Um, so as women, I feel like if we follow the moon, it keeps us clear. It keeps us circulating. It keeps our reproductive systems moving nicely. It helps us feel our emotions. Um, and it reminds us that we're exactly where we're supposed to be every single time. Just a little brief little story. I was in a crystal store today shopping and the moon is in cancer and cancer is the energy that governs our emotions and our feelings and, and our feminine energy. It's, it is the mother. It is the, the essence of creation. And so we are in the very creative energy right now. And I'm in the store and I'm standing next to this woman. She's, she's sitting down and she's facing another way. And I'm standing very close to her on a shelf looking at some crystals. It's like a, it's like a Ross but it's for crystals, right? So it's like a mess, right? And I'm just in there and, and I'm not even really paying attention to her. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm about to burst into tears. And I literally go, <gasps> and then I go, why am I, why, why am I feeling like this? And then, I, and then I notice that there's a woman sitting next to me, not facing me. And I ask her, I go, are you okay? And she turns around and her face is filled with tears. Mm -hmm. She's just sobbing. And I was like, oh, I felt her stuff. Okay. <laughs> and then that was it. That was That's it. the moon. Yeah. That can, uh, it's the moon and clearly you have uh, an open third eye and that, you know, connected energy, that psychic energy as well. Yeah. But I've been doing this work for about 12 years. So I'm, you know, it takes time to get to the little the energetic level that I'm experiencing or that I live in. Um, but anybody, it's available to anyone. Yeah. Because the moon is generous. She doesn't pick favorites. She loves us all. And it actually is something that I have found that people can develop pretty quickly. I mean, I've worked with clients that uh, they may have never had experience with any of these types of practices before. And, you know, within just a few months of really dedicating themselves to clearing out internally and of doing intense uh, practices that are intentional of awakening uh, their consciousness. Like it actually is something that you can move through and, you know, tap into these things quickly. I think they're, they're, like you said, they are available to everyone. Um, and so often we don't realize that they're available. We're not told that they're available. And instead we've been, taught to shut down these parts of ourselves so it's already there it's just reawakening it that's right that's right the reawakening aspect of it is 
beautiful and it's like birthing. So for those of us who have children, you know, it's like when you are, you give, you just surrender to it. You know, when you're pregnant, you just, it's like, okay, this is what my body's about to do, <laughs> you know? And the reawakening experience is like that. It's like, okay, this is what it is. And yeah, I find it to be the most magical um, and gratifying experience. That's another aspect of the moon. My life is filled with magic. Mm. I mean, to the point that I don't even understand. Sometimes I go, did that just happen? Just a moment ago, I was burning some eucalyptus leaves and the flame was really high. And I heard a little voice say, put your finger there. So I did. And the flame backed away from my fingers. Like it, as I, the flame was really high like this. And as I went in, it just, it totally went away. That's unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and clearly you have, you live your life. You have sacred practice just as a way of life. Yes. There's no other way for me. When I was, when I was very young, my mission, my mission statement was I am here to bring sacred practice to to secular living. That's my mission. That's why I was born, to bring sacred practice to secular living. Mm. What do you mean by that? To to live our lives in a sacred way, even though we're in secular lives and we, you know, secular in cities and, you know, we have technology and we have all these things that seem technological, but we can also do sacred practice in that. Like it's, you know, there's all this conversation. This is bad. This is, this is not good for, this is, this is evolution is what it is. So how to make it sacred, (laughs) you know, how to, how to bring divinity into it, how to bless it, how to do ancestral practices, how to connect what we're doing with technology to our earth practices you know, crystals and all that, all that's technology. So it's just how I live my life. And I also do the things that everybody else does. I go grocery shopping and, you know, I was on Tinder last night thinking, hey, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like anything good out there. (laughs) You know what? Yes. So yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not much on Tinder, honestly, but my, I have a girlfriend in town and she, she, that's a part of her sacred practice, like dating. And she's like, let's, let's see if we can find somebody for you. And sure enough. Yeah. There was somebody and yeah. I had, a, I had a text exchange with them. I don't, I actually, afterwards, I, I think I cut the cord. Like, I don't know that I'm going to follow through with it. I don't know that I'm ready right now, but I know that it's available. I can, if I want to. <laughs> love it i've been <laughs> on tinder for a bit i uh, actually used to call myself the queen of tinder <laughs> i bet you were i really do why tell oh me why God, please, please. no just so much fun on tinder like i would literally like line them up one after the next <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. When I was in college, we used to, I used to say that about a friend of mine because she had so much energy for men. And I would say, roll them in and roll them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it can be fun just to like yeah. go through different periods and using sexual energy in different ways. And like, you know, like 
for me, I don't get into the the dogma of different mm-hmm. spiritual practices or like the rights and wrongs of it. Like sometimes I just want to get out there and I just want to have sex and I just want to have fun and do whatever I want to do. And like, then there are other times where I'm just like, no, I really want to just, um, be like in a state of having what feels like more elevated more sacred sex right now and you know like that feels better to me but like Mm -hmm. I don't make myself wrong or right for any of it I'm just like this is what I desire right now yes yes Oh, speaking of that, so we are moving into a Mercury retrograde. I know, it, we, I know everyone, I feel like Mercury retrograde has become something that we're common with in astrology, but it's a terminology we're starting to hear a lot. Um, and Mercury retrograde is going to be in Scorpio in next, starting next week, right? Okay. Which is all about like desire and what do you desire and getting past those shadows so that you can really let yourself feel and so you know that's 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 a part of our work you know scorpio is a a very feminine energy very devoted like mm. you if there are any scorpios here we know who scorpios are you <laughs> better not like nobody else the scorpio is like it's only you and me don't think about nobody else because if you think about somebody else i can hear it that's scorpio energy <laughs> i can feel it and i can hear it but so mercury and scorpio is going to give us the energy we need to re re rewire some of those old patterns like maybe you have deep patterns of jealousy or obsessing i know i can be such an incredible obsessor because i have so much energy and power and if i don't direct it to something useful i'll find some you know lovely beautiful man to then project it onto and i'll psychically ruin his life um, <laughs> watch out tinder guys (laughs) but this this mercury retrograde is going to give us what we need to get free from all these patterns that you know because how many of us have mothers who didn't really get their needs really met you know where they didn't truly get to be who they were because what womanhood is now is not what it was 20 years ago right absolutely so we were all likely raised by women who were thwarted in a, in many ways. So those energies still live in us. That's still a part of our own experience internally in some way. And it's our responsibility to clear it. Mm-hmm. It's our responsibility to reframe it, to clean it up. You know, I know I have a grandmother who was the product of rape, you know, and so, and it's so interesting and this is this is a heavy story, but I've done so much work, I don't have a lot on it. My grandmother, my my great grandmother worked, she was in Mississippi and she worked in a family's house because that's what black women did. She worked in a family's house and she was raped by the man who owned the home. And my grandmother was a product of that and how that showed up in my family, which was when I think about it was so fascinating because my grandmother was, my grandmother was very light skinned. She actually looked almost identical to Frida Kahlo Um, and all of her brothers and sisters were very dark skinned. So she was treated special in the family because she looked white. And how that subconsciously influenced the family, you know, that, oh, this, this, our mother was raped, but then we have to treat this 
child like she's special because she's the child of the rapist. Like the psychology of that. So all of, whether we know it or not, many of us have those kinds, it's, that stuff happened a hundred years ago, but it's America, it's in our DNA, <laughs> okay? And it's our responsibility to clear it. That's why we're having all this race stuff going on now, because we have not done the work to clean up the 200 years of oppression and slavery, but that stuff lives in our bodies. You know, I come from a generation of generations of women whose children were sold from them, taken from them at birth to become slaves. That's what I come from. That's where my lineage is from. You know, I come from generations of women who crossed the Atlantic Ocean in slave ships and survived, came to this land and still had children. The power and the strength in these women who could survive that kind of thing. And the thing that's so interesting is people don't understand that's why they went to Africa because the Native Americans didn't have the constitution mm. to survive the the um, biological integration of the Europeans. So Amer so they they died from smallpox, mm -hmm. but the Africans were strong and durable, you know, and brilliant and strong enough with minds to create most of the technologies that got us to where we are today. Like the, the slaves created because they were doing the work. So they knew what was needed in order to do it, right? So that's what I come from. So there's a lot of grit, greatness in that. But then there's also a lot of trauma in that. And it's all of our responsibility to heal the trauma. Yes. All of us. How do you see that? Mm that we can help heal. What, I mean, yeah. specifically, there are a lot of people talking about this in a lot of different ways. How do you see it? Yeah. Well, I see it as women coming together of all races and really holding space together, like really holding space, coming together to do rituals together, you know, to do rituals for our great grandmothers, to, um, you know, like literally in my vision, oh, I can see all of us at the ocean dressed in our whites. And just honoring them. Honoring that they did what they did to get us here. We're here because of them. We would not be here without them. We cannot forget them. To say their names, you know? And so if we can do that, white women, black women, Asian women, because we all stand on the backs of them. You know, so I just, I really believe sacred practice is the way. I really believe ritual is the way. I believe we have to come together and wail and cry. I believe we have to come together and rub one another's bellies, hug one another's hearts, you know, sob. And laugh, you know, laugh, laugh and kiss each other's faces, hold each other's hands, rub each other's feet. You know, but we, we gotta, we, we, we can't be scared. We have to ask questions. Why, what, explain. You have to be willing to answer questions, willing to go talk to your grandmothers and ask. And you know, maybe they don't know, maybe they don't wanna remember, but the asking, <laughs> the asking is significant. It is. 
Thank you. For that. <sighs> You're welcome. The the connection with with ancestors. Do you think that um, how do we go even beyond our grandmothers? How do we do? You have ways of connecting with ancestors that are gone, that are past, and uh, what do you recommend there for women? Yes, I totally do. You know. Um, I, for me, what I do is I, you know, I go to nature. I go to the mountains. Um, I go to the trees. And I think we can all do it in our own individual ways. Like, I, 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 what I find is that we think there's a right way or a wrong way because we've not been trained, but it really is no right or wrong way. It's really intention. And so, if your intention is to connect with your ancestors, open books and study. You know, if you're from Ireland, if you're from Russia, if you're from, you know, wherever, you know, France, go learn what those women were doing in the 1800s. It's likely your grandmother was doing the same or your great great grandmothers were doing the same thing, you know, because that's just how it was like what were the practices that they used? because patriarchy wasn't always as strong as it is so they were doing things like one of the things that i that makes me sad about america is that in order for us to have become american we had to give up who we were before we got here mm. and that's been the thing that's challenging and so it's like you had to become white nobody's white there's no such thing as whiteness that's not real it really isn't you're irish you're Scottish, your German, your whatever, you know, those Dutch, you know, but in order to become American, you had to give that up to be white. And that was all based on white supremacy. And you had to be white in order to get land. You had to, because there was all sorts of things because America was a raw place. So if you were white, you got you got prog you got um, government support, right? But if you were not white, you didn't get government support. So of course people would sign up to be white because they needed support in order to thrive. Right. I understand it. It's bull it's it's painful, it's it's horrible, but it's a part of the process. It's like when I think of some of the things I would do just to save myself, I would do all sorts of things to save myself. Right. It's just the human nature. Survival um, first and foremost, always. Right, exactly. That's just how it is. So if you find out where you're from, really, and then go learn about that country and go learn about what they were doing, you know, um, in the 1700s, in the 1800s. It's like, it's so interesting. I find history to be the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. What do you think of men living during this time and what would they can do? Because so often men get lumped in as patriarchy, but there are so many men out there that aren't part of the patriarchy, have no desire to be part of control systems, domination mm -hmm. systems. And, you know, there, while there are, you know, some that do, some many don't. And, you know, it goes the same for women. Like there are 
plenty of women that have bought into it as well for their own survival. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're brainwashed and they, they're protective of it and, you know, defensive of the patriarchal systems. But Mm -hmm. for the, the men that, um, that don't want any of that, what do you, what do you see for them? How, you know, Mm -hmm. how can they, how can they be, um, part of the progress and healing? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. I love men so much. I love them. Like, not only are they like delicious, <laughs> like there's something so delightful about a masculine energy, right? It's like, oh my God, I feel so safe here. Great. Thank you. I can like, I can like, uh, thank you. Um, I want to, I think uh, it's like we have to redefine manhood and womanhood. So it's, it's like looking at new ways to take on masculine energy and you can do that. The planets offer such incredible power around the, the uh, sort of the spectrum of masculinity and femininity uh, and feminine power. And, you know, so say for instance, a planet like Mars, that's total masculine and it's the warrior energy. So Every man has the right to honor his masculine energy, however that works for him. But that's his responsibility. It has nothing to do with anyone else. And he can take it on archetypal ways with sacred practice and dance. And it's like it's about it's about the energy expressing It's And when you start to express these energies and learn how to rechannel them and undo the systems. Because one of the things that I have seen very similar to racism is that the system is set up for you to get to the head of the line. So even if you don't want to get to the head of the line, you just get to the head of the line. You just push there. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? it is. So- it's very right. competitive. It's, you know, just like who, who's going to get ahead. And if you don't get ahead, then you're behind. Right. Right. So the system is in place. So the way that we undo the system is by really finding new ways in our individual mindsets, not to participate in the system. So if you don't want patriarchy to have power in your life, you have to find ways not to participate in it. And that really means looking at every aspect of your life. You know, so one of the ways men could, an easy way men could um, stop participating in the patriarchy is allow women to be the choosers. Women are the natural, nature, organic choosers of the masculine. It's in our bodies. We have, um, you know, when we ovulate, that egg comes out. I I think it's the ovum. And um, when we ovulate, that egg comes out and it sits in our cervix. And, And if you have sex, a million sperm come. Can you imagine right now if a million men came to you? Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's your birthday? Tell me. 
<laughs> July fourteenth. <14th. laughs> oh, you're a cancer, of course. Uh, yes, you. Are. No, 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 no. You, yeah, you're a cancer. You're uh, cancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yes, you can. Exactly. You really can. Yes. Please. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Right. So, imagine though a million men coming, but then you get to put a bubble around you that they can't get in. But they're close and you get to look, you can see every single one of them through that bubble. They, they can get right up to the bubble, but they can't get through the bubble. And you get to go, ah, uh, and you can see something about them and you go, oh, look at that one out there at 575,000. And then you get to reach out and grab 575,000 and bring 575,000 to you, mm. to them. That's actually what's happening in our in our ovulation experience. When we that is what happens with the egg. Right. The egg actually chooses the sperm that is going to fertilize it and become a human being. Now, that's not what's going on in our external world, though, because I know I was raised to believe that a man is choosing me, and I have to do this and that and this and this and this and all of these things so he will choose me. That's against nature. It's, it totally screws up the power system. It totally screws up the creation system. So one of the things men could do is allow a woman to choose and honor it. I have a man in my life. He totally lives his life this way. And if a woman comes to him and says, I'm interested in you and I choose you, he says, yes. He says yes, because he trusts the feminine. He trusts that if her body is saying, I choose you, that there is something greater behind it, beyond even her conscious awareness, that is for them to experience. And he surrenders. Beautiful. How does it work out for him? He's amazing. He's a king. He is the most incredible. I, 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 I just, I don't know any other man like him. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. And there's something about that type of energy that a woman, once she chooses, she can then surrender to that energy because it feels so much more in alignment and there's none of that, um, kind of like predator energy that happens so often and it's just like yes like i am fully here because i want to be here i choose to be here i i'm the one who claims this and now i can surrender to this man that i chose yes and he's gonna give me some medicine some good (laughs) medicine that's right (laughs) That's right, because my body is calling them. You know, one of the things that you we all know, like I've been there's sometimes my I it's very rare for me to be attracted to a man. But when I am attracted to a man, my whole body is like, whoa. And it is it's there's nothing like I can't. It's it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Something else is doing it. And so if we learn to trust that. And if that becomes the thing that's like, oh, I'm choosing this person and that's a normal conversation. How many women would feel like, okay, I'm going to go and ask this person out. And like, I know I can be so afraid of rejection. Like rejection is such a big shadow for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Disappointment, such a big shadow for me. 
and those things would dissolve right away. Right. Yeah. Please so to answer your question, if men would allow women to be the choosers, that's one way that will that would bring the patriarchy down overnight. If mm -hmm. if women became the choosers. You are so you're full of so much beautiful wisdom. I'm loving this conversation. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yes. So the um, I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So what are your what do you see for this next wave of feminism? Like what if you could just envision it like mm -hmm. in just five senses reality with your full mm -hmm. body and mm -hmm. technicolor, what does it look like? It's mm. interesting. So that's that's a really interesting question because I don't consider myself a feminist. I feel like to make us equal, we both have value. I'm not saying that one is, I'm just saying it's not equal in that way. Um, we're not the same. So, I, and that's the definition of feminism. I feel like that's how it shows up. I also feel like feminism um, sort of had women compete with men and give away our feminine our feminine power, which is this deep internal knowing, this magic, right? And that is a part of our sexuality and our spirituality. And we put that aside. We were like, nope, we want to compete. Mm -mm. Let me tell you, if I bring on my power, there's nothing a man can do. He can push me down, but I'm learning how to backfire down. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. This, um, the whole thing around, I mean, yes, equal pay, equal rights, things like that, you know, that type right. of equality, but we're not the same, you know, we're right. just, we just aren't, we are right. very, very different. And when we try and be the same, it, number one, it kills our attraction for each that's other. Right. So and that's why we have the patriarchy. That's why the masculine became so over run because women were moving into the masculine energy women started taking on masculine energy yes you're absolutely so right we are. women do this to themselves so this isn't that's something right. that men just <laughs> to us and that's right. anything that's done to us if we don't fight back if we don't take mm -hmm. our power and you know really be in it strong then we're you know, allowing that to, to perpetuate and to continue. Uh, yes. and so we've got to not be in that victim mentality, but really mm -hmm. stand up as, as victorious women and That's just right. really like know that we, we are so powerful in our femininity. That's right. It's and such a, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, and, and men love it when women are in that space. Like I hear from men all the time about how they just love seeing a woman who is powerfully feminine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, it just, it just makes my heart swell. It's so, um, you asked about the feminist movement. So, when I was in my 20s and even in my 40s, which was why the Me Too movement was so fascinating to me, I had a couple of experiences, what people would call date rape. And I, what I can say is that in both of those instances, I heard my body say before I was with, before I got into the car to go on the date, before I went there, my body said, don't do it. And I was in such deep 
woundedness. I remember on one occasion that I, I just needed somebody else. I remember feeling like I just need somebody else to validate me. And I went and I ignored myself. And in both instances, almost 20 years apart, I said no and the person had sex with me. But I didn't listen to myself. And to me, what I see in the feminist movement is women who are women listening to their bodies, listening to the signals, listening to their internal direction and trusting it, even if it sounds crazy, even if it even if it sounds like something that maybe because what happens sometimes is women, if you're a cancer, I know you know this. We know what's going on with people sometimes even when they don't know what's going on with them. Yeah. Because we can feel something inside of them that they might not have intellect for yet. Yeah. So to me, that's the feminist movement. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we trust the feminine. Trust the feminine enough to put her in the power position. And like you said, we have another 200 years to really mm -hmm. get to that place because there's so much of the system currently in place mm -hmm. that we still have to survive in. And so yes. it's not shame. It's not blame. It's not guilt for what women have done before or what they're doing now, but it's how can we continually move forward? Yes, absolutely. It's how I see that is... It's time for us to become co-creators and recognize that we're creating our realities. One of the things that I love about my work is that I recognize and understand that we, that we are living in an electromagnetic field right here, right now. Like fish are living in an ocean and they don't know that they're living in water and that they're sending signals, they communicate through sonar and all that sort of stuff. We too are living in a field that is completely alive. We're breathing it. It's moving through us. It's animating us, right? Mm -hmm. And this field is reading our frequencies. You know, like, like an x-ray. It's reading us. And it's telling the universe what we want from the depths of us. Mm -hmm. And most of us at the depths of us are hiding, are ashamed, are um divided against ourselves so we continue to get more of the same because that's that that unhealed energy in our subconscious is what the field reads and then brings back to us and it's even stronger for melanated beings because melanated being all melanin is is a is a hormone that allows you to communicate with the sun I absorb the sun. One of my, my girlfriend, a girlfriend of mine is here visiting now. She's white. And um, we went to the beach yesterday and she didn't have sunblock on. By the end of the day, we're rubbing lavender oil all over her. By the end of the day, I'm completely fine. Like, like nothing has happened to me. I didn't even put on any sunblock at all. Like, because I have a hormone in my body that communicates with the sun. If we understood how things are really working here, we would be completely different beings. And that's 
that's the creative power. So because I understand that, I do a great deal of work to clear my trauma because I don't want to create more trauma for myself or others. To clear my shame, my sh to be with my shadow, to love it because I don't want to create more of it for others. I'm living my mother's trauma and drama now. She lived her mother's trauma and drama. So if we can educate ourselves, this information is not really a around, but there are people who are teaching it. There's a man, Joe Dispenza. Um, teaches like how to how to create how to let go of old stuff mm -hmm. and how to begin to live in the present not in the future in the present to create your future mm -hmm. like we have to really become conscious creators we have to become conscious creators design your day wake up in the morning you know no no before you go to bed at night at nine o'clock at night what do you want to experience tomorrow you might not know the exact thing, but maybe you know you have a meeting at work and how do you want that meeting to go? How do you want it to go? So you sit and you commune and you see yourself in the meeting and you see the people there and you you bring love into the energy. You create, you're casting it. You know, your, your children are gonna be at school. What kind of day do you want them to have at school while they're sleeping? You just infuse it into them you're the mother your your children's cells are in your brain <laughs> you're constantly sending signals to your children whether you know it or not and guess what most of us are worrying about our children and and as we worry about our children we create karma for them you know i, I think the greatest challenge is to become unignorant if there's such thing to right. just become truly intelligent in the ways that we can and how do you see blackness as a spiritual path for soul's growth? Mm, that's my favorite thing. So when I was a little girl and realized that I was born in a black body and that there was something different going on, like I realized that I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, like my father is angry all the time. He's always talking about this white man. Who? what do you mean the white man? I don't understand. And, um, and, and then I got into white environments and saw the disparaging differences. It's like, oh, this is a real thing. And, and then I started to study history and I started to learn. And about a decade ago, I realized if I'm going to conquer this thing, I have to take it on like my hero's journey. I have to take it on like, this is my soul's purpose. This is not a mistake. Racism is not a mistake. This is what my soul chose to evolve itself in this black woman's body who feels so lowly and so incapable and so worthless because the world is telling her she's nothing. And yet there's this power inside of me that I know can backfire down, but I don't know how to access it. So I took it on like a spiritual journey. And it has been the biggest reward ever. I just don't have that stuff going on anymore. I just don't. I still have, sometimes I have anger that shows up because, and why does it? Because, um, hmm, what is it? The systems, the systems anger me. Because I, the, the systems seem to 
put blinders on people. And that makes me sad. It's almost like my, in my mind, I see people going to jump off of a cliff and they don't know it. It's like I see people lining up to jump off of the cliff um, to their demise. And so that angers me. But I also know that anybody can take it on like a spiritual journey if they want to. So that's why I do it. That's why I do it out loud so other people can see it and other people can see that it really means that you have the greatest power a human being can embody because we have ancestors that cross the Atlantic Ocean under a ship <laughs> packed together like sardines for months and they lived. <laughs> they were gods. That's why that's why they could do that because they were divine. So it's bringing me back to who I am. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us today. It's been really beautiful to hear your story and just receive wisdom from you. I thank you so much. And real quick before we conclude, I do want to ask you to share how they can find you so that way um, everyone can know how they can work with you and all of that good stuff. So you guys can find me at, I have a website, moniqueruffin.com is my website. And then on Instagram, it's at Monique Ruffin. And then on Facebook, you can find me at Monique Ruffin as well. I'm Monique Ruffin everywhere I go. And then they also, I'm also the Moon Mama. Like oh, often people refer to me as the Moon Mama as well. Oh, I totally see that. The Moon Mama. <laughs> Ooh, felt that in my body. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Oh, thank you. You are your goddess embodied. Mm -hmm. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you here. And I hope all these women will find you and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sarah. I just pray that your year is so blessed and that everyone here really does receive the blessings of their heart that they desire so deeply. Thank you all. Mm, much love. Thank you. Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode. And you can also find out about how you can work with me. Until next time, lovers. Down tonight.